Morning, y'all. I apologize for my extreme tardiness this morning, but when your wife says French toast, it's like, I got time. So, and of course, you know Cynthia, too. It's like, like oh, but I made this for you. Like, Just one more. <laughs> we had this guy out to um, uh, look at insulating our crawl space, and... Uh, he was there for a couple hours and just really cool guy really kind of showed us the you know how all that stuff works with keeping your house energy efficient and actually showed us how the problems in the attic but um long story short uh she offered him a glass of water after he came out from looking at the crawl space you know he's just being polite he's like oh no thanks i'm good i've been there before and uh and she's like but really it's like right here and so I, I told him, I was like, if you really don't want it, you're going to have to kill her. So. <laughs> and he's like, well, in that case, okay. So, yep. so yeah, Levi is still at home with whatever he's got going on. He was up most of the night with uh, cramps and pain and so forth. So, ah, go figure. But, uh, so, yep. Appreciate your prayers for him. But, uh, uh, Jesus, we just uh, come to you this morning and we thank you for your word, your goodness to us. Uh, God, for this place that we can gather with the saints and uh, and uh, receive from you that which you have for us, God, and to, to to have that word planted in us. God, I just pray that you would accomplish in every heart, excuse me, God, exactly what you want to do. God, in your name we pray, God, let that, that word uh, take root and grow and, and bring forth fruit, God, as, as only you can do. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, go with me over to Second Corinthians t- uh, chapter 10, I think it is. Rather familiar chapter. So, uh, you guys are all familiar with this passage, of course. Um, I really uh, am always blessed when I read it. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things I think of as kind of a, it's easy to get into a, a fuzzy sort of area of, you know, what does God want me to do and, you know, what do I need to rely on Him to do? Um And I think this kind of spells it out pretty well. Because we have an adversary that has, uh, uh, that he knows he can mess with your mind. And, um, and and one of the worst things he does is he does a really great impression of the voice of God. And, uh, um, you know, I, I do a really great golem, and my kids like make me do it for every stranger we meet. <laughs> you know, um, you know, but there's something about somebody that can do a voice that's spot on that kind of really, like, wow, that's really them. And the enemy does that. But but if you listen carefully, you you can you can tell no, not no, not quite. So. Uh, if you weren't here Wednesday night, you missed out. 
uh, on the young preacher from Holton, and uh, that was a real blessing because he talked about uh, growing up in in religion and, and how it uh, uh, it left him totally unprepared for the kinds of stuff we're going to read here and how everything was something that was on the outside and, and it was all it was all emotions you know and, and you know to me I think of emotions as being an external thing because they will lead you the wrong direction just like your flesh will if you're not careful uh, so here in second Corinthians 10 I'll just start at the beginning he says now I Paul myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. That sounds like me. Talk talk a big game till I actually talk to you in person. And I'm like, hey, uh. <laughs> says, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with, with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as though we walked after according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That's a really important thing to understand, because of course we know from from Romans that uh, you know that, that we're not in the flesh but in the spirit if the spirit of God dwells in us. But you, you know, if you took a shower last night or this morning, then you understand that you still walk in the flesh at least to some degree, and you probably should clean it up before you bring it around a bunch of other people. And so that's what he's saying. It's like we walk in the flesh. Yeah, sure. But we don't war after the flesh. And it's really easy to get drug into that. Uh, it's, it's, um, it feels so much more natural than taking a problem to prayer to argue about it. And, uh, or, or come up with some kind of solution um, in the flesh. And part of the reason that we like that better is because we feel productive, because we're doing something about it. And if I asked every one of you in here, is praying about a problem productive? You would all say, yes, of course it is, Greg. Why would you even ask me that? But, but we, that's kind of our second reaction, isn't it? You know, it's like first you have the reflexes and then you, oh, okay, wait, actually I should pray about this. So he says that we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh, and and that's an interesting one that you know that he's talking you know you know not necessarily about um, you know like walking in the in the spirit. He's talking about this this uh, doing battle, which is I suppose part part and parcel for the whole thing. Um, but he he clarifies here because. Verse verse four is in parentheses, and he says, "The weapons of our warfare are not carnal; they're not fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds." And uh, I like the word "stronghold." It's a good word. It's the word that they used in the Greek for castles. And uh, so, uh, you know, that the first thing that makes me think of the idea of pulling down the walls of a castle makes me think of Jericho, and then you know because they the the walls just collapsed and uh uh the great thing about that is is that's not something you could do you know and nobody likes to get into that spot where you need God to come through for you and do it and you can't see any possible solution 
because it's uncomfortable. But uh, we all have those stories of where we've been in that place, and God came through for us, and and it's it's like a, it's like a little granny getting out her her little book of all of her pictures of her grandkids and stuff. It's like, did you see what God did this one time? You know, or or like a like a crusty old war vet. You know, it's like, let me tell you about this thing that happened. There I was. You know, and and uh, and God came through for me. Yeah, and that's the thing is you come through those experiences not so then I did this and then I made this happen and 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 uh, you know look at me go you know you read you know you listen to somebody tell a story like that and it's like and God just bailed me out and and God came through and and took care of it and everybody showed up and looked at me in awe and I was just standing there and, and looking around and it's like well where is he like you know he 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 won this battle for me. Verse 5 is what I really, really like in this so much. And, uh, you know, it was funny because it kind of came to me yesterday and uh, really hit me between the eyes. He says, well, and I'll, and I'll skip over verse 4 and I'll read 3 and 5 because, of course, 4 is in parentheses. And he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, casting down imaginations and everything high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And if your Bible is like mine, the the margin will tell you that that word imaginations it tra- can also be translated reasonings. And uh, and I like that. Uh, the only other place that the New Testament uses this word is in Romans, talking about uh, um, uh, the the Gentiles' conscience when they when they actually do the law out of conscience sake, whether they know the law or not. Uh, and then it says their conscience, meanwhile, you know, accusing each other, excusing each other and all that. And he uses that word there. That's the only other place it appears. And I like that because you can, you know, reasoning is a really interesting thing. You know, uh, a scientist would tell you that reason is like the only thing that separates us from the animals. And uh, like you keep telling yourself that. But... Uh, Uh, but no, the ability to reason is a really interesting thing that God gave us because, uh, you know, logic is a really great thing, but it can get you into trouble uh, because there are a lot of things that are spiritual that are not logical. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, it can definitely make trusting God more difficult if you reason through everything and, and insist on understanding why is this thing going on the way it is. You know, and, which is a blessing to have understanding. Don't get me wrong. I've been through things where you know, it was like God just came in and flipped on a switch and it's like all of a sudden now I understand what's going on and it was it was a huge, huge blessing and it, and it changed everything in my situation to understand what's going on. But, uh, you know, the thing that really made me think about this verse is it's more like, you know, think about talking with, you know, having a conversation with somebody. You know, picture yourself on either side of this conversation. It doesn't matter. 
you know, whether you're in a humongous turmoil and and you are confused and you need answers or you're the one that the confused, turmoiled person is talking to, in either way, you're going to want to lean towards reason. And um, and it's funny how that happens. But um, I don't know about you, but I like to be able to explain things away with reason before getting into it's something spiritual that I don't necessarily or I can't necessarily understand or, or affect other than with prayer. So I, I like to try and explain things away first. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've had conversations with, with people that um, it would just go in circles. And, um, and, and you know, I would... You know, it would kind of be this reasoning through things. Um, I, I've had them where they practically turned into arguments, and um, and and all the while I'm praying, it's like God, you you have an answer. You know what the real answer here is, and you know, obviously that's why we're having this conversation. Uh, but I don't know what it is, and um, you know, all the reasoning in the world doesn't doesn't beat that. And uh, so, uh, but the thing about reasoning, about this imagination, is it says it it lumps it in with every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so, a lot of times, um, you know, we get this little voice that that wants to to find fault uh, with with us or with other people, and and it. And there's this uh, this sense of, well, you know, if they, you know, they they wouldn't do that if they were really hearing from God, or uh, or well, this is what the Word of God says, and so you have to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, but um, but that's that, and I think that's the thing that gets so tricky. That's the thing that it's hard to articulate here about what I'm trying to say is we have this adversary who uses the Word of God yeah. against us. And, and he'll use your own uh, earnest, honest desire to serve God and to please God against you. Yeah. Yeah. you know, and, I mean, I suppose it's, it's, you could literally say it's the oldest trick in the book because that's what he did to Eve. Yeah. Um, so, um, no, I, I've had many a conversation with, with, uh, with folk where uh, they 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 wanted an answer, but they would argue with me about why all of the answers of peace that I was giving them were wrong, you know. And you know, and I, I've been there. I've been on the other side of that conversation before. I'm, I'm not finding fault. I'm not picking on anybody. Um, but the. Uh, um, you know, and so that, but that's where that reasoning—you can see the unprofitableness of the reasoning, because it's like, well, I can I can argue away your your answer, um, and uh, uh, especially when you when you begin to to fence with the Word of God, uh, because uh, you know the the devil knows it fairly well too, and so he will throw it right back at you, but it's all twisted, right, and and uh, so, so he says here, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So that's a, a really important thing to come to. You know, and uh, I, I remember Ron talking about the Sabbath and sitting around with these people and they were talking about whether or not you could do this or that on the Sabbath day. And, and he was kind of thinking, I don't think it really matters. And uh, and got to, well, what about your light bill? Like, yes, my light bill. <laughs> I love that story because I have totally been there. I, I have I have totally been there. You, you've all heard my story about me wrestling about my phone bill. And... Um, But then you, when you take a day, you know, when you take a 24-hour period and you really seriously examine all the thoughts that come to you, you know, I, I, I doubt there's anyone in here that doesn't realize that not every thought that occurs to you is your own. I think, I think we all get that. Uh, the question is, is what do you do with it? And... Um, you know, I, I've, I've had days where it's kind of like bailing water, like you're in a dinghy out in a storm, you know, and you know, it's like, well, that thought's been sitting there an awful long time now. It's like, I know, it's been five minutes because I've been throwing out these other ones, too. It's like, like my bucket is only this big. I'm working on it. You know, but um, it's like, you know, you throw the thought out and it comes right back. And you throw the thought out, and it comes right back. It's like trying to put my children in bed. And, I mean, you know, no, seriously. It's kind of funny because I tuck them in, and I go lay down, and then they're back. And then they come in my room. Like, hey, Dad, I was just thinking something, something, something or other. Like, okay, you know you're supposed to be in bed now, right? I'm in bed now. This is bedtime. Well, you get up and you put them back. You know, Zoe actually, she wakes up in the middle of the night and she has to, to, to pee, but she's so tired she doesn't really wake up. She just wanders around the house going, <laughs> she'll wander into her brother's rooms. She'll wander into our room and just stand there like, <laughs> so... I feel that way first thing in the morning, you know. But, um, but 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 you know, thoughts can be that stubborn, you know, where they just keep coming back. And and they, like I said, you know, I I, don't, I think everybody in here recognizes that not every thought that occurs to you is your own. But you got to do something with it. And taking a 24-hour period and just batting those things away is really eye-opening and, uh, at how many of those those thoughts occur to you or how many of those thoughts are there. It can be eye-opening at how inclined you might be to just accept them because they feel normal. And um, But it's, it's a blessing because you know, do that. Try it out. And... And it's amazing how how much your mind will be set on the Word of God because you're going to have to have it to as a, to to uh, bat all that stuff away and and to you know to to shout it down as it were with the Word of God.
And so, uh, so it's a precious thing because we can reason, 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 and you know, who doesn't like a good argument? <laughs> I don't, but. Only if you win. <laughs> no, I, I don't like to argue. I don't think Cynthia and I have had a fight in like 15 years. Um, I'd rather, I, just, I don't like to fight. That's no fun. So, um, uh, and I, I've had plenty of arguments with my children, but I don't enjoy it. So, but you know, uh, as uh uh, as Mike has pointed out before, it's like, you know, some kids, it's like working with, like, a really, like, high-quality, like, modeling clay or something. My kids, it's like working with granite. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's a lot more effort to shape them. So, but I, yeah, I, I trust that that will uh, benefit them as they get older. Um, so... Okay, so in verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I like that, the obedience of Christ. You know, because um, you know, I, I've had conversations with, with people that they kind of wanted to know, it's like, well, you know, how many seconds is it okay for a, a thought to have lasted in your brain before it's, it's now sin? Like, well, well... <laughs> That would be reasonings, I think, but uh, uh, but like, but you, you know, you, you throw it out, you you get rid of that stuff, and you bring your thoughts and every thought into the obedience of Christ, whether that be okay, you can stay or no, nope, you got to go, and uh, and and the great thing about fighting with all of the thoughts that occur to you is that. You will be forced to dig in the Word of God for things that talk about how He's for you, how He's on your team, and how He loves you, and uh, and that's that goes right back to the imaginings again, right back to those imaginations and reasoning and the high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. It's like God doesn't love you. God's not happy with you. Uh, you know, you're a, a big whatever, and you know, you know, insert amusing adjective here, but it's like, <laughs> you know, like you're a whatever, and it's like, well, actually, uh, I'm a child of God, and I belong to Him, and so if anyone asks you who I am, then you can tell them that. You know, I was. Uh, I heard this story once about this uh, this guy who fancied himself a prophet, and uh, or that he had the gift at least, and uh, mainly just wanted to use it to uh, argue with somebody in the middle of a service. And got up and said his you know thing, prefaced with "Thus saith the Lord," and then said, "Put that in thy pipe and smoke it," and sat back down. And which, you know, everybody in the place was like, "Oh, that wasn't good," <laughs> but. But I love that. Put that in thy pipe and smoke it. <laughs> so I think that's a really great way to end those arguments. It's like, well, actually, if anybody asks you who I am, I'm a child of God, chosen, sanctified, 
being conformed to the image. His mind is becoming my mind. And put that in my pipe and smoke it. So. So he says, uh, uh, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? I love it when the Bible just asks you a question so plainly. Like, do you look on things after the outward appearance? It's like, no. It's like, well, no, actually, yeah, I kind of do. It's like, I, you know, I... I look for four signs and the, the the clouds parting to to make sure I'm going the right direction and and uh, and I use my emotions as my compass. You know, it's like I I did that for a long time. I'm not not picking on anybody, but but that will definitely bring you into looking at things after the outward appearance. And uh, if if Paul used his emotions and his um, circumstances as as his compass that things were going okay he would have he would have just stayed in the wilderness with the, his comfy blankie sucking his thumb you know you know the first time he got stoned that would have been that it's like you know i i feel like god is calling me to do something else i don't know you know and we all love paul we're like go paul you know and it's like, hey, did you want to come with me and you know get get stoned for preaching the gospel? It's like, well, I just don't really feel led, you know. <laughs> but but no, looking on things after the outward appearance, you know, using your that what I see and what I think and what I feel as as my indicator that things are going okay. As that's the that's the opposite of casting down imaginations. It's the opposite of uh, bringing every thought to the captivity of Christ. So he says, Do you look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ's, let himself think this again, that as he is Christ's, even so are we Christ's. And so, I mean, he just goes on and on. I can't, I don't know that we need to go through the rest of that necessarily. But, uh, but you know, you all know, of course, that uh, you know, Jesus had this, this fencing match with the devil in the wilderness and, and he fought with the Word of God. And, and the devil kept bringing the Word of God right back at him every time. And so, uh, you got to have your nose in the book. And you, you, uh, you know, the Bible says to study to show yourself approved. Uh, you know, workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, and that's the key, isn't it? That that having the Holy Ghost teach it to you, because you can, you can, you know, heap up all kinds of teachings, and you can you can quote big passages of it, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost to teach it to you, then uh, it's just as easy to come up with the wrong conclusions and come up with the things that, that the enemy would bring you to that, 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 that he's going to say. Because then, you know, it's like, well, yeah, you know, it does say that. You know, and, and then and then, uh, then he's got you over a barrel. So, you know, but, but Paul said to let this mind be in you. you know, and, of course, I know he was talking about, um, you know, being a servant and unto death and, and all that. But, 
letting that mind come into you, you know, because uh, of course, uh, of course, Jesus is the Word of God, and so you let that mind become your mind. You let that thinking become your thinking, and the more you immerse yourself in it, the more that will happen to you. And the, and I can guarantee you that the if you do that, the less and less and less all of those imaginations, all of those reasonings will affect you. I'm not saying they'll go away. I've talked to people, they're like, man, well, I've been you know, dealing, you know, fighting this thing off forever. You know, and, and, and it's just still there. Maybe I'm just, no. It's like, no, it's, it's not that. You have to keep fighting it because you have to resist him until he flees from you. You know, and just because you've, uh, you know, if a, if a boxer throws a left hook and you block it, do you think he's going to think, well, that didn't work, and never, ever try and throw a left hook at you again? No. Especially if he's, like, already hit you with it ten times before that. Of course he's going to come right back to it. So, the Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. So, But, uh, yeah, you know, I was just thinking this week about that how important it is to have our thought process informed by the Word of God and uh, and not by anything else, you know. And, and it it seemed, you know, really, I just kind of stirred in my thinking after listening to Ben talk the other night because, you know, he that was the kind of stuff that he talked about. This was kind of this just fake plastic religion that he grew up with, and and how it left him uh, unprepared and and superficial and uh, you know and, and you guys have heard his testimony about how he wrestled through those things and so uh, you know so if you're in a place where you're feeling like all those thoughts are just you know pounding like the surf then that's okay because you just got to keep your bucket <laughs> keep your bucket keep bailing the water out keep batting the stuff away and uh, you know the you know, the the devil would like to make you believe that he could overcome you. That's what a bully does, but but he he really just can't. So, Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us today, for your your love and faithfulness. And God, what we pray today is that you would minister to every heart in this place, as only you can do. And God, we pray that uh, uh, that every anxious heart would be quieted by your presence. Yeah, that that every uh, every sorrowful heart would be comforted by you. And God, what we pray is that you would do in us as only you can. God, that you would uh, uh, stiffen our resolve. Lord God, uh, uh, bring us into this, this place. God, you've called us to be an army. And, and we can't expect things to always be smooth and, and easy and convenient. And God, we just pray that you would uh, touch every life in this place. God, in this morning, what we want is to offer you the praise and the glory and the honor that that you are so deserving of and to receive from you uh, what only you have for us today. God, we don't want to uh, do anything other than follow you through the service this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.